let me read a passage of Scripture that I think gives us a lot of insight. Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 23. Now, I've been on the sea, to, sea of Galilee, and it's pretty incredible. Storms can come up rather rapidly, and they are vicious. And so that's what happened to Jesus and his followers. And it says, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? O you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds in the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? We need to place ourselves in the scene. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. Apparently, this was rather sudden. They wouldn't have gone out into the sea if it weren't sudden. And he, while this storm came up, they were being swamped by waves. Every time they turned around, there's another wave hitting their boat. But he was asleep. So you stop and you go, why was he asleep? And everybody else is there just in a panic. Well, the waves are hitting our ship, aren't they? I mean, each day, you mean you turn on a program and it's like, here's another wave. When something of this magnitude occurs and it's impacting the planet, the entire globe, you've got to say this is a major movement of God. It really is. God is sovereign. This did not have to happen. He could have prevented it, but he allowed it. He may have caused it. There are times in the scriptures that he used pestilence, he used disease to accomplish a purpose, a lot of times to judge. God has allowed this, but he's allowed this for a reason. And I would love to know what that reason is. I've got some ideas, but I'd love to know. But when we come back to this account of the disciples with the Lord Jesus on the boat in the Sea of Galilee, the, the, the waves are swamping the boat. He is asleep. And the reason he could be asleep is he knows who he is. And he knows he is the creator. He knows he is more than capable of dealing with this. We need to be able to sleep because we know him. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, hey, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. <laughs> Can you hear the panic in their voices? There's a lot of us praying prayers like this even now, aren't we? Lord, we're losing our income. L Lord, you fell in the blank as you turned to him. Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you think he's saying that to us today? Those of us that know him, those of us who have entrusted to him our eternal destiny by placing our faith in him and his death on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Now, that's far bigger than anything the COVID-19 can bring our way. So when he says, save us, Lord, we're perishing why are you afraid if we know that he has secured eternal life for us? Standing in the face of COVID-19 is really like nothing. When you consider the weight of eternal life versus the temporal nature of the threat that we face. Why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. How's your faith?
I like the story of the, the dad who brought his son who was demonized and the disciples could not deal with the demons. And so he brought his son to Jesus and said, if you are able, and Jesus like said, if I'm able. And then Jesus said, this kind comes out only with much prayer and fasting. And then basically talks about lack of faith. Do you remember what that father said who brought his son to Jesus? This is the prayer that I have prayed many, many times, and I continue to pray to this day. And it's, Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. If you find yourself doubting, if you find yourself in despair, this is the time to ask him for more faith. See him on the boat with the waves. Hear how he responded when he was asked to save them were perishing. What did he do? He rebuked the winds in the sea, and there was a great calm. Imagine that moment. He rebuked them, and it stopped. This is why we pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus, because he could come and rebuke COVID-19. This is nothing for him. But just as he probably was accomplishing some things here, lessons that they needed to learn on a boat that was being beaten by a storm, he's using this in our lives, and he's using it to literally shake the globe. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? Well, he's not an ordinary man because he is both God and man. He is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. He is the eternal God. And he is the one we need to be turning to now. He's the one that we need to be telling people about. As we find ourselves on this uh, stormy sea of this virus, the coronavirus, let's keep in mind... He, he's not anxious. No, he's, he could be sleeping because he knows he's in control. And yes, we cry out, come quickly, Lord Jesus. The first thing we should ask ourselves is, what does worry accomplish? I mean, what good is it really? Now, I know as a person that's prone to worry, I am, that I have to deal with this. I have to acknowledge the insecurities. But what does it do? Most of the things we worry about don't even happen. And when we worry, a lot of times our focus is not on the Lord. And we need to be reminded of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. I mean, our own understanding today is like, I mean, what in the world is going on? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Isn't that what we need? We need him to give the direction. It also reveals when we worry that we have a limited view, I think, of his power. His power and his provision for us. Because we know in, in Matthew chapter 6, he said this, For the Gentiles seek all these things, talking about the day-to-day needs of life, for the Gentiles seek all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And the Heavenly Father's not uptight about this. But seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He promises to take care of us. And if we can trust him for eternal life, can we not trust him for the basic provisions of life? I believe we can. What this can do to us, by the way, the worries, is it chokes the the work of God in our lives, the Word of God. Matthew chapter 13. As for what was sown among the thorns, and these are the four soils, that is the one who hears the Word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the Word, and it proves to be unfruitful. When we get uptight and we worry, and that's our focus, especially you know, a number of people that have had attained a lot, have been successful, and God has blessed them. But now we're turning around, and suddenly I have friends who are posting on Facebook, I, you know, just kind of making a statement, I will not look at my 401k. You know what I'm talking about. It, it's the intensity of this. What Job said, I think, is so important. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, that's hard to say when you've lost a lot of money, when now you're struggling to pay your bills. But this is the time that the body of Christ pulls together and we grow in our faith. In Luke chapter 8, verse 14, As for what fell among the thorns, they were those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. In other words, they never grow in their faith. Why? Because we get so taken in by the world. Then, of course, very easy for us to get our focus off the Lord, isn't it? Luke chapter 21. In fact, this is the Lord speaking. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's the Lord speaking to us. His words, the word of God. And then he says this, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day will come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. Now, I'm not saying what we're experiencing is this, but, but take to heart what is said here. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down. Isn't that happening to many of us? Our hearts being weighed down by this. Now, it's legitimate concerns on the practical applications of life. But some of us are being totally weighted down, and, and Jesus is warning us that that day will come upon you like a trap. So, in other words, we can be kind of overwhelmed by the circumstances that surround what God ultimately is going to do and, and his judgment of this earth. And then he says, For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. And here we are talking about the coronavirus that has made its way around the earth. And the people of the earth are all dealing with this in, in a lot of different ways, but attempting to pull together to help one another. This could be the great global unifier for the future. Because once this is, once we're beyond this, whenever that may be, this is going to have a profound impact going forward. 
This is a great time for us to dig into the Word of God, embrace the hope that is ours, and to begin to make plans on how we're going to live the rest of our lives, each and every one of us. The Lord promises to meet our needs. He promises to take care of us. And we can trust Him as we await His soon return.